This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Kirsten Evans. Before we get to Kirsten, a couple of quick reminders. Please tell a friend about our show. The best way you can thank us for enjoying this content is by telling other agents about keeping it real. And there's a couple ways to do that. You can, of course, send them right over to our website where they can listen to every episode we've ever done right from a browser, which is our website is keeping at realpod.com. And also leave us a review, whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a review. Tell us what you like. Also let us know what we could do to improve. And last, if you have a guest that you want to hear interviewed in 2022, It could be you too. It doesn't have to be someone else. But if there's someone, whether it's you or another top producer in your market that you want to hear us talk to, let us know. You can just message us through our website or through Facebook. And you can also follow us right on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. But enough about all those announcements. Let's get to the main event. My interview with Kirsten Evans. Today on the show, we have Kirsten Evans from Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group in Bloomington, Illinois, which is, by the way, very close to where I grew up, about maybe 35 minutes away in Peoria, Illinois. This is very exciting for me because I feel like Kirsten and I have this connection, um, but it, it goes actually beyond where she lives now because we're actually born in the same town in well, as well, which I'll get to in a moment. But before we talk about me, let's talk about Kirsten. So she has been licensed for four years in Illinois. In addition, she worked as a real estate assistant for a real estate mogul for two years in the suburbs of Milwaukee while attending grad school. Now, something no one knows about her is that she was adopted. She was born and raised in Arlington Heights, me, uh, me as well. Yeah. Um, not adopted, but but born and raised in Arlington Heights. We probably were born at the same hospital. Um, and she oh was gosh. given a... Yeah, we, she was given a second chance at life, overcoming many setbacks and obstacles, and she attributes this life event to her success and can-do attitude every day. Now, her burning desire is to change people's perception of the average real uh, the average realtor. She is known for giving fabled service that people believe is unheard of and she tries to tra- change perspectives that realtors don't work hard and are not full-time positions. Now, her secret and key to success is very simple. She works hard, she is strong, direct, upfront and honest. She is not lucky. Uh and I love that too. Uh, She is not lucky. She is always seeking out and taking advantage of opportunities that come her way and working really, really hard by putting her clients' needs above her own. Now, in addition to being a top producer, she was also a Coldwell Banker National 30 Under 30 winner in 2020. And uh, in 2019, she was was, uh, given a, a 
for her realtor association. It was called the Mid Illinois Realtor Association. Uh, she was Kristen. I am so sorry. I don't have it in front of me. What was the award okay. you won? It's a Rising Star Award, which makes perfect sense because, of course, she is. Uh, which is why we have her on the show. I, my apologies for getting that wrong. So in 2019, she's the Mid-Illinois Realtor Association Rising Star. But you can follow her or find her on the web. Please visit her website, which is Sell with K. That's the letter K, sellwithk.com. Uh, Kirsten, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. So excited to be here. Really excited to talk to you. Um, so we, you and I were born in the same town and then we ended up being sort of raised very, very close to one another. Um, so I love that that you and I have a lot of sort of things that we know um, because of where we grew up. But I would love to start all the way at the beginning, which I know is not a, a long time ago for you. Sure. <laughs> but, but, you know, tell us sort of, you know, you went to grad school. You know, why why did you get into real estate? Um, what was the impetus there? And then how did you get started? That's a great question. So I went to school for um, clinical exercise science um, for my undergrad at Illinois State University. Um, my dad had a heart attack Christmas Day, actually, when I was in high oh. school. So that was my mission in life was to help oh. people. Um, when I went to grad school, um, I needed to pay for it. So I got a job working for a real estate mogul, Richard Newman. Um, he built the vice president of Harley Davidson's house and was on the parade of homes. So that's his claim to fame. Wow. Um, in addition, yeah, he owned his own real estate brokerage. Um, and he had investment properties all over the Milwaukee area. So since it was a private brokerage, I learned so much from him, um, right off the bat, I was literally his executive assistant. So I, I learned a lot. Um, I never thought I'd use any of that information since I was working in a cardiac field. Um, but when I finished my, um, undergrad, um, sorry, my stepson's coming home. So anyways, when I finished my undergrad, um, I, with my master's back up, um, I moved back to Bloomington where I went to school and met my husband and there was no jobs for me down here. And I wasn't yeah. going to settle for like a $40,000 job. There was absolutely no way not with working that hard. Sure. So, um, with my real estate knowledge, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to get my real estate license and never look back. I mean, most of the realtors I met in central Illinois, um, it was a by chance transaction, right? They went yeah. to school with someone. It was a family member. Bloomington, normal, if you've never visited, it's like the biggest, smallest town you've ever seen in your life. Um, and so everyone knows everybody. So being new um, was, it was really crazy. Yeah, it, ma it makes sense because I, I, I'm from Peoria, so I can absolutely relate to this idea that everyone knows everyone. And, and it is something that, but you're right, there's so many realtors who get their license because they have a few people in their life that'll probably use them because friends, family, um, but they don't really turn it into a full-time business. Right, and, and you can tell. <laughs> yeah, and you can tell, yes. So and basically my mission was I can do better. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how you got started. So, so yes, you did have a sphere of influence, or at least you had, you know, a good contact list from, you know, where you grew up, but how did you start sort of letting people know that you now can help them buy, sell, rent, invest? Um, what was sort of, how did you get your name out there? I'm sort of curious. Yeah, that's that. a great question. And actually going back, moving to Bloomington normal, I didn't have any family here. I just went to school here and left. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. No, you it's okay. So yeah. I only, the only person I knew was my husband and most of the people he knows weren't moving or selling. Right. And I was such a rookie that they weren't going to hire me. 
And, and you know, this is really important too, because like I'm from, I'm from Peoria where I was raised and I'm thinking if it was me and I don't practice real estate myself, but if I did, and if I lived in Peoria and, and I, and again, I know a lot of people right. there because I grew up, I actually don't know how easy it would be for me because a lot of the realtors in, in those, you know, sort of mid-sized cities or, or even maybe they're considered small cities now, um, you know, the people that are, are really dominant in the real estate industry have been dominant forever there. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, we know those, we know that the 10 realtors that, that are just, you know, kick, kick, you know, killing it. Um, I imagine Bloomington is absolutely the same way. Yes. So, so it you didn't super, have the spirit. It was super, super intimidating. So literally my first year in real estate, I joined a team because I'm like, I don't know people and they're going to feed me leads. They don't. Um, I sold two homes and yeah. I figured out within four months that the team was just not for me. So I left, um, I went over to Cobalt Banker and the second year it was pretty much just my attitude. I changed my attitude. I started getting involved in the community. I went from selling two homes to 38 homes, um, my second year in real estate. That's, that is incredible. Yeah, two around. homes. How did you, how did you do it? <laughs> Tell um, me. So, so get, was it getting involved? Was that sort of the, the big reason? Yeah, no, it was just getting involved in the community. So um, I joined Lions Club. My dad's a lion. My grandpa's a lion. So that kind of helped just to um, give back. But they did tell me they're like, don't join for business because we're not giving it to you. Right. They have, they have now. But um, I also joined the Chamber of Commerce. So if you don't know a lot of people, I think that's a really great one to join. Um, I was scared and intimidated because of all the realtors. But honestly, they're not all there. Um, so right. that's a good one to get into. Um, we have something in town, a chapter for BNI networking. So yeah, sure. That. Yep. And um, that's pretty much about it. Just started meeting people and just being genuine and nice and doing the things I like to do, not just doing things to do things because you'll waste your time. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important too. You talked about giving back. So all of the associations or organizations you just mentioned are, are philanthropic and mm -hmm. And not only does that, of course, you know, give you a sense of pride and, and sort of, you know, just accomplishment and, and, and helping others, um, which of course is, is wonderful for your own personal uh, sort of satisfaction, but it also does demonstrate to other people that you're willing to help. And right. I think, you know, that is, it's, I, I cannot tell you how many people we've interviewed on the show that have a very similar story where maybe they didn't have a large sphere of influence. It wasn't like anyone handed them deals. Right. So they didn't know what else to do. So they were like, I better just get involved. And in your case, you're also, um, you're part of the, um, the Illinois uh, Association as well. Yeah, first year um, serving on the state level. And I'm co-chair of our RPAC. Yeah, so get involved with uh, your local association too. Um, I think that's probably the smartest thing I did when I was a new agent. So I'm happy you brought that up. Um, when you first join, that's how people are going to know your name when you send them an offer. Now I'm sure Chicago is a little bit different, right? With like more people, but Bloomington Normal is still pretty big. And we have over 500 agents here. So the fact yeah. that when I send offers, people know who I am, that's that's nice. Well, you, it's, it's funny you ask that, like is Chicago. So we have about 46,000 agents here, but, Holy um, I, I, yeah, but which sounds like a lot, I, I guess it is a lot, but I will tell you to your point. Um, I interviewed somebody from our, uh, from, from here in Chicago, who is very active in our local association. 
And he um, said that 30% of his business, and he did not get involved with the association so that he could get business because there's probably no real direct way to get business there, but he just wanted to help. And he was part of the YPN, the Young Professionals Network. um, And he did some other things on other committees. And he told me that now 30, and he's probably, let's say three years in the business. He says 30% of his business now comes from other people who just happen to know that he's involved. Like his name got out there simply because he was part of the association, um, you know, the, the leadership and, and, That's awesome. and yeah. So I'm really, really applaud the fact that, that you do that because number one, it's just doing a lot of good work for all realtors. Sure. Um, but also it, it does uh, get your name out there. And that was really, really, really smart. Um, do it while you're young and have the energy. Yes. I don't want to be doing this like when I'm older. Yeah. Well, let's talk about mistakes because I know that that you have some thoughts about what mistakes do agents make when they're, you know, getting started or maybe they're trying to get to the next level and and they're just maybe they're just getting in their own way. Um, So what do you see out there as mistakes that agents make? Um, One would be stop learning. Like they get their real estate license. They don't keep up with like the market and trends. Um, So, yeah, never stop learning. Um, another one is you don't have to spend gobs and gobs and gobs of money um, on advertising. I think the best advertisement that you have is yourself. Yeah. Um, and like I said, being part of those groups, I'm literally advertising myself every day. Um, I also think another mistake that people make is not getting involved in your association. I think that's really played a key in getting my offers accepted and playing nice in the sandbox with other people. Know, people know you. Yeah. Other agents know who you are and they probably right. go, oh, she's the one who does all the different uh, right. committee stuff. Yeah. Right. I think another myth is I, I know there's great teams out there. Don't get me wrong. There's there's not a problem with teams. I just joined a one. Um, but the fact that leads are just going to come to you, anyone that promises you that, like run away, <laughs> run, <laughs> run the other way yeah, very quickly. The other way. I think we've all been there. I don't care how seasoned you are. If you hear that you're going to get a bunch of leads, it sounds exciting. And it, I don't think that ever pans out. And I don't think you should have to pay for business that you can easily get, um, just by being out in the community and being yourself. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. It, it would be very very difficult for a team or even a broker. I mean, brokerages are probably the worst at at mm-hmm. promising things like leads. Um, teams have now kind of you know started to do that too, and and it, it's possible, I guess. Um, but I, I mean, I've been here eleven years and. I've never met an agent that really got enough leads by joining a team or a brokerage. Um, again, it's, I guess it's possible, but I I've yet to see it. Um, and, and the, and the reality of why that doesn't work so well is, is really, it's a very simple reason. It's that the vast majority of buyers, and you already know this, I'm not speaking to you, but to our audience, but the vast majority who they probably know this already too, but it's a good reminder. The vast majority of buyers and sellers choose somebody they know. They choose somebody they know as their agent. Yeah. And so they're, they're just, you know, if, if you're buying Zillow leads, for example, if you can convert 5% of those leads, you're a superstar. Sure. And that's, you know, so out of a hundred people, you're going to only convert five um, because they don't really know, like, or trust you at that point. And so, you know, when, if you can work your sphere of influence and meet people and, and you are doing that through all, you know, your BNI group, you guys are sharing referrals and, and doing all. And by the way, we should, that's a nice little plug for BNI. Um, I, yeah. It rarely gets, it rarely gets brought up on our show. And, and I do encourage for everyone that's like, what is, I think it's called business networking 
international. Yeah. yeah. You got it. Yeah. So, so look for your local BNI chapter and basically how it works is they put you in with, you know, like a financial advisor or a mortgage person or an attorney. And, and you basically are just there to say, Hey, does anyone, do you guys have clients that need help? And, sure. and I know it's more than that, but you meet in the mornings and, and you get to do that what, once a week or whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's just a really great way to meet people and, and, you know, start and don't to talk quit to right. When you start to, that's another thing. I know people who are like, Oh, I joined BNI. I'm not getting anything. I don't think maybe I got like one lead my first year in BNI again with Bloomington normal being a tight knit community. You can join a group. That doesn't mean you're just going to get business from it. And honestly, there's a few people in my BNI group that I don't know if I'd, send, I don't know if I'd send them business. So sure. you got to earn people's trust. That's for sure. Yeah, well, let's talk. Okay, so those those are a few mistakes people make not not getting involved, not treating it like a real job. Um, but the fact is, this is hard to sort of treat like a real job for a lot of people because, you know, like I know for me, I I go into my office every day because if I work from home, it doesn't work that well for me. Sure. Structure or structure is important for me. Um, and real estate's really a business as a realtor that there isn't always structure. Um, and your days change, of course, all, all the time. Um, I'm curious, how did you, how do you think about structuring your day so that you stay like efficient? Um, I don't know if this is a good example. I don't know if it's going to show up on here, but I color code the crap out of my calendar. I don't know if anyone else does that, but I love it. Yeah. So, so what, what are the, what do those colors represent? Sure. So I have an email that's um, my selling clients. That's like aging with K.com. And then I have an email for like FI with K.com. Um, so that when I set appointments, I know what they're for. Um, there's like very little taking time for me, which I could be better about that in the new year. Um, that's um, what color is that? I think it's purple. I don't see that's so that right there tells you you need to take more time because yes, you're yes. like I, I I use purple for my own private stuff yes. I think because you don't take enough time for yourself yes. but uh, and you don't have to follow my lead that way I know people who time block out you know money making activities which would be networking um you know and so forth but I think having a structured schedule so you can look at it and it's not just a jar of hoopla um I think that would help you um another way that I'm structured is keeping clients top of mind. I mean, how often have you not talked to a client and then you see a house and you're like, oh, this would be perfect for them, but you haven't talked to them for six months right. <laughs> or something like that. Well, let, let's, let's talk about, I want to pause there because I think that's a great, and maybe one of the biggest missed opportunities is staying in touch. Right. Um, and so, so, okay. So you see a house for somebody, um, how do you make sure that it hasn't been six months or if it has been six months since you've last talked to them, you sort of drop the ball on, yeah. you know, staying in touch, you know, how do you re rekindle that sort of, you know, connection? I'm going to keep going back and preach to like all the new agents or people just starting out or maybe starting up again. Please don't spend lots of money on software and things you don't need for lead generation. Um, the real estate mobile I worked for in Milwaukee, he had this system that I used to make fun of. It was just pen and paper and a few different like pen colors that all met something. And so on my wall, I'd love to share it with you. If you ever want to see it on my office, I have a hot and I have a warm sheet and they're literally just strips of paper that I made with timeline, um, all their information, what they look for. And I go through it on a weekly basis. My yeah. warm, I'll probably go through like every two and a half weeks, but yeah. So you have a, you have a, like a, I think that's like, 
there's a, a Japanese word for that called Kanban, where you're seeing this uh, visual sort of display of, and it, here, I, have I used one to right work here handy. Nice. <laughs> this little sheet of paper blank on the back so that I have them in my car. I have them in my office. I have them here in my home office, but you just lift that baby out and then I add it with others and I go through it on a weekly basis. Now, what about if once the transaction closes, so somebody oh God, buys or sells, yeah. then what do you do? I have an Excel sheet. Um, our company actually, it's really nice. Everything's set up there to where I can just export it. Ex did I say that right? Export yeah. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know why that sounded funky, but anyways, <laughs> I export it and I go through everyone. I probably um, touch them about four times a year past clients. And the best way to do this is set up um, what your touch dates are going to be like in December, right? So put them I in the calendar. Reach yeah. Out, yeah. In the new year and just let them know that I'm here if they ever need help with a, you know, an affiliate or contractor. Um, one I did was a client appreciation party, which was super fun. Um, they really like that instead of like going out and dropping off gifts. Once you get to a certain amount of clients, you can't you can't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Um, so I had a client appreciation party where it was catered, drinks were provided. It was really fun. Um, and I did that by Thanksgiving, not by Christmas, since everyone has a Christmas party. Yeah. Do that. Just the curiosity. Newsletters oh. on the market two other times a year, and that's it. So newsletters twice a year, client appreciation event um, once a year or so, and then you're calling them what quarterly or, or just checking in, how's everything going, yeah. thinking about you. Yeah. What about like, um, anniversary dates for like the buy yeah. or sell? That's another, that's another good one. So with my Excel sheet, I have the year and the month that they bought. So I just organize it by month and I write the cards out at the beginning of the month and send them out. I love that. And it's, it's great because it, really, again, it's a very low tech solution, right? Like yeah. what you're doing, and there's lots of great tech providers and some of them are nice enough to sponsor our show. Um, and we love our, our, our partners, but I know a lot of top producers that literally use an Excel spreadsheet for everything. Yeah. That's like, their entire CRM. And don't spend a ton of money on something you don't need to spend a ton of money on. Yeah. And, and odds are you're whoever you work for Coldwell banker, of course, has amazing technology because um, of how large they are. Right. Um, but odds are the, the, I mean, I know, uh, you know, we, we, we have a, a moderately large firm here in, in Chicago and mm -hmm. the technology that we provide to our agents, they don't, most of the, that doesn't get used. So Honestly, you, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. So you probably don't have to spend too much. Just make sure um, that, it, that six months don't go by where you haven't talked to somebody, um, especially somebody who's looking, but, but it may be even more importantly, somebody who was a client in the past, because, you know, I think I forget what the statistic is, but a good percentage of people forget their realtor's name after like within five I know years. it's so bad. It's so bad. I think if you live by the motto, like I do every day, you get up and work hard, you're going to make an impact. Um, you're going to be sincere and just stay in touch with people, be ethical and moral, and you shouldn't have any problems. And also the, the the playing nice thing is really important too. And I, and I think there's a gender, there's a gender conversation there and I'm not the right person to have it because sure. uh, as a, as a man, I can't really relate to what is, but, but I, I, I talked to so many women who are top producers who are nice, lovely people. And they say, you wouldn't believe how the way other realtors speak to me. Oh, and I'm no, like, and it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I know I never want to be one of those people now. 
Yeah. It's um, and it's not just men being mean to women, but it it is one of those things where it's like it is a cooperative commission. It is cooperative. So right, right. Yeah. Yes. we can all win here. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Um so it sounds like for you, if I'm hearing correctly, you just have processes for everything. Yeah. So you have wake up and you you know what you're doing every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know when your day starts. What what's really cool about the color coding thing, because for those listening, you, you wouldn't see, but her her calendar each day it has you know different uh, events that are color coded. And the reason she does that is she knows okay I've got a buyer thing tomorrow. Here's my all my buyer stuff. Here's all my seller stuff. You know I don't know if rentals are big in Bloomington, but maybe some rentals or investment <laughs> stuff. But she knows by looking at her calendar how much time she's putting into her business. And she knows that every one of her clients is going to get called a certain, you know, amount of time per year. And, and it's, um, again, you're treating it like it's an actual job because of course it is. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, let's, um, I would love to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, you're, you're in a community where there has to be agents. Look, you know, Bloomington, Illinois is not a destination where people necessarily go, you know, I'm, when I grow up, I'm going to live there. Right. I, I, um, right out of college, I lived in St. Louis, a much bigger city, not too far from Bloomington. And uh-huh. people do, people don't do that in St. Louis either. They don't, yeah. they don't go. I, I mean, I happened to, but I was, I mean, everyone else was born and raised there. And so you are in a really tough environment because you didn't grow up in Bloomington. Everybody already knows the top realtors in Bloomington by the time you're there. And it's not like there's this huge influx of young people who are moving to Bloomington. So, you know, you're very modest about how you, you know, how you um, grew your business, but you really had to work hard. Like I was saying, if I went back really, really hard. So that's why I said earlier, the luck thing. I don't like when people tell me I'm lucky. I'm not lucky. I work really hard. Um, don't Don't let people tell you that. But also yeah. I think a lot of it's your mindset, right? Like my first year, I think part of only selling two homes was my mindset was, I don't know anybody, you know, what I'm yeah. doing is real estate for me. Like I didn't really have a purpose. And honestly, that's when I really didn't have a plan. The moment I felt I had a purpose and I was going to get a plan in state, that's when everything kind of took off. I could either sit here and say, I'm not from here. I'm never going to get business or I could use it to my advantage. Since it's a small town, if you look at it on the opposite way, if everyone knows each other, they don't want you to know their financial situation. Or That's a good point. Divorce. Or I feel like here, everyone knows like 10, 15, 20 realtors. So to be like, that's easy. Pick me. You don't have to pick between, you know, your, your, your other contacts in town. Um, so I really just tried to focus on what I could control and how I could switch it to make it work in my favor. I, I want to back up for a moment because you just said something really profound that would not have occurred to me if I were in your position when you started, which was talking about changing your mindset. You said two things that I think are really, really important, especially being in in a smaller community, because you're absolutely right. Um, I have a friend who's a financial advisor in Peoria, and Mm -hmm. he's, he's, one of the, you know, I don't know if he's the biggest one there, but he's certainly as, as a lot. And I, I bet even though of course, you know, he would never disclose anyone's financial situation. There is something about, oh, that's my friend, or I don't really maybe not, not me personally, but, but I know that he runs into this where it's like, maybe he was, you know, somebody who he's known since he was five years old. Now they might not 
go, well, I don't, you know, you're right. So this idea of them going with somebody they don't know is in some ways, maybe an easier proposition because there's no baggage associated with that. And um, so that's really interesting. How did you, and then the, so how did you come up with that? Did that just occur to you or did someone give you that sort of insight? Cause I've never heard anybody say that before. And I think that's brilliant. No, I was just, I was sick of feeling like I was in a rut. Right. And I feel like when you get backed into a corner, you're either going to figure it out or you're not like yeah. something that's always been a pet peeve of mine is when people complain and do nothing about it. Yeah. And then I literally found myself doing that. <laughs> so I was being a big hypocrite. And so I, I, I needed to change that. I really did. And that's when I had kind of my aha moment. I feel like everyone's had one of those. It's a, it's a big aha moment. That is a huge one because now all of a sudden it's, it's an old, so there's this old marketing, um, my, my background's in marketing. There's this old back marketing philosophy, which I think is still applicable today, which has said, if you can't fix it, feature it. And sure. so that's exactly what you just did. You couldn't fix the fact that you didn't grow up there. You're not on every billboard in town when you're first starting out. Everyone already knows all the top realtors and they're all friends with each other. So you're right. There is like, oh God, if I go with so-and-so, then the other person's going to be upset. I know my parents, if they were buying or selling in Peoria, they know all the, the top realtors. They're all friends with them. Sure. The exact situation. They'd be like, oh my God, somebody's going to get upset. Um, and you know, I don't know what they would end up choosing to do, but there is sort of an, I, I love the idea that, hey, you know, you go with me, you know, no, at least. Well, uh, and let's not forget real estate is sales. Sometimes I feel like people forget it's sales. It's cutthroat. So when you're in that situation, like work it, like show your value of why they should hire you and not someone that they just went to school with, you know, yeah. as part of their jobs. So, so let's talk about that. So, so I think what you're talking about is having some sort of presentation, whether it's a you know, an actual PowerPoint slide slide thing, or, sure. or whether it's just, Hey, I'm talking to you one-on-one and I'm going to tell you everything I'm doing, or, you know, you have, you know, some other material you might be presenting, but how do you approach that? So you're going to meet with a buyer or a seller. You, you, maybe they haven't worked with you before. They already know all the other top realtors in town who have been doing it 30, 40 years. So what do you do that you think helps win you that business? I think the best thing that I've done was really get into open houses um, and just being in front of people. Um, I think I'm pretty good on the phone, but in person, I feel like it can really capture you, right? And it gives you good practice too. Um, I've even had people where they said, you know, they didn't really want to tell you if they're working with a realtor or not, you know, those types of people at open houses. And so when I'd open the door, I made sure that I said, you know, hey, welcome, come on in. Um, you know, if you could give me some feedback at the end, that'd be great, but I'm not going to be a helicopter agent. Right. right. And right. Nobody there, wants that. They were like, right. And so at the end I would try, um, cause they would actually come back to me then I didn't have to be like, Hey, can you fill this out? Um, and they wanted to learn more. So, I mean, just by that statement, take it, use it, whatever, but it draws people to you cause they don't want to be sold. And then right there, I felt like you kind of captivated them. Like most be different people, than every other agent who's like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> most people do not want to be sold. There's no. a small percentage that do, but that's a small percentage. And I'll tell you, um, the whole, when sometimes we have a lot of agents at our firm and my job is to recruit agents. And so I talk to agents who are at other firms 
all day long. And the first thing I say exactly is, is what, what you were talking about, as I say, I'm not going to try to persuade you to join us. I mean, I'm just want to tell you everything right, about our right. firm because you're an adult. You'll be able to figure out if we're the right fit for you, but mm -hmm. you can hear it in their voice. When I say, look, I'm legitimately not going to try to persuade you, yeah. but I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And I'll, I, I hopefully, you know, give you all the info and you can make the right decision for yourself. And you can hear this audible, like, Oh, thank God. You know, because um, people don't like, it's like when you go into a retail store and sure. the salesperson comes running over and you're like, I don't even know what I want yet. And they're very nice, but you're like, just get away from me for a while. Yeah. Um, that yeah. That's the same thing with open houses. And, and for people that think open houses don't work. Oh my God, I, they so do. Like what, per, what, so they don't necessarily work to sell the home, although I guess it could happen, um, <laughs> but they're wonderful opportunities to meet other buyers. Um, do you, did you, and do you continue that's to how just I got, That's literally how I got started. Um, just that one year when I wanted to act more on purpose, even if no one came to the open house, there was a couple of those. I'm sure we've all been there. Sure. But, um, I wanted to start getting in the houses and learning something that I didn't mention earlier is, you know, with the non-helicopter agent at the end, I'd say something like, um, direct the conversation. So it's not a question. Right. And so I'd say, look, I don't know if you're working with an agent or not, but here's what I have to offer you. Boom, 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 boom. And then I just, yeah. and that's it. Cause then I'm not asking yes or no. Cause I like kind of don't want to know. So I'm just like, look, I don't know if you're working with an agent or not, but here's the services I can provide, you know, call me if I can do anything. And then you on them. I used to work with a financial, I, I used to be a financial advisor a million years ago. And one of the top financial advisors in, in our office used to say, if you have to ask for the business, you're doing it wrong. And, and so Kirsten, Kirsten really just said essentially the same thing, which is if you ask somebody a yes or no question, number one, you probably may or may not want to hear the answer yeah. um, Two, they might not want to give you the answer because you're not putting them on the spot. And it's sure. like, they just came in to look at a house. Right. Yeah. And so, but you can say, Hey, so you, what you just said was so elegant. Can you say that again? So I don't know if you're working with an agent. Could you repeat that? I'm like, no, oh my God, what do I actually say? I say, look, I don't know if you're working with an agent or not, insert value proposition, you know, here's my card, call me if you need anything. Yeah, it's, it's, it, and, and again, people will relax. They won't feel like they're being sold because they're not, and you are trying to provide value to them. And sure. um, it's, it's huge. It's so huge. Um, but what you just said was, was so like this idea of don't, ask questions before you need to, I guess. At right. some point you'll have to ask questions. And the reason but I'm happy to share all this stuff, by the way, is because when I first started, it felt like nobody wanted to share information. It was like, they had a mind of scarcity. If I share something with you, then you're going to take it and be more successful than me. And it was horrible. And so yeah. I feel like now that I've gotten to a spot in real estate, it's my duty to give back and help people have a good start. Because if I would have been around different people who could help me change some of my mindset and what I was doing wrong, I think I would have sold more than two houses my first year easily. That's a really, really good point. Um, and there's so much there's business to go around. We don't have to so be, much. Yeah. I, I used to, um, the same, uh, firm where I was talking about financial advisor, there was another guy who was the top guy in the office. And he would say, I'm going to tell, we were all like 20, 22, 23 years old. He would sure. say, I'm going to tell you exactly what I do every day. And you can do that. And you can have the same success I have. None of you are going to do it, but I'm going to tell you everything. I because, love it. Yeah. 
and, and, and he was right. None of us did all the work that he was willing to do. We didn't have the success that he had, sure. but he was, it, it, again, even if you're in a super, super small community, there is plenty of business because there's a number of people that are going, you know, with a discount broker, or maybe they're right. going they're for sale by owner. And that's doesn't work for most people. And okay. so there, even if it's not, you know, you, you can, you just have to get creative. Um, yeah. and, and personalities, right? Like I'm a woo person. Like that's just who I am. I love when I have clients who are those too. So, um, you can't win them all and you're not going to, we could give the same pitch and it's going to have a different delivery. Uh, if you're being sincere with your personality, like my dad's an electrical engineer and he's like, I don't even know if you could sell me on it, you know, <laughs> and yeah, you know, and there's, there's literally a place for everybody in this industry for sure. Let, let's talk about, because you are so incredibly busy. I was asking Kirsten before uh, if she went to the NAR conference and because she's so involved um, in, in, in the community uh, or in the real estate industry. And she goes, oh my gosh, I don't have time. So I am curious, which I, I definitely uh, can feel for you there. Um, I'm curious on what, um, what you are doing to set boundaries for yourself or for your clients so that you, you do, you aren't going to burn out. And I'm not suggesting you are going to burn out, but yeah. for our listeners who might feel like, oh my God, I'm, I'm responding to a 12 AM text, um, from one of my clients, you know, I can't seem to escape it. You know, how do you try to maintain that balance? That's a great question. So my rule for last year was that if I sense like a little bit of crazy, right? Obviously we have to do our due diligence and there's ethics involved with real estate and you have to help people. But when they're also not respecting you as a realtor, as a person, it's time to just be smart about it. Why not refer them to an agent who's new and has like nothing to do and get a 25% referral fee, you know, um, or just what I would do to protect yourself is I have a, a buyer consult and a seller consult, and I let them know the services that I provide, um, the times that I'm available, which for the most part, I'm pretty amicable about it. And the minute they don't respect that, I'd be like, look, remember when we talked about this and if they're not going to respect it, like let them go. So the point I'd rather be making no money sitting on my couch, hanging out with my dog than being like in a vicious cycle with someone that's like going nowhere who doesn't respect me. Like that you yeah. just don't have time for that. Like go read a real estate book on how to be successful. <laughs> like I can think of you know, it's, things to do. It's funny because you just said something really profound and I want to make sure the audience heard it, which was she tells her clients, here's when I'm available. Here are the services I provide. Here's mm -hmm. when I'm available. And, and that is so smart because she is setting the, her, setting her the expectation. expectation. Yes. My favorite one, I had a lady real quick. Um, one of the services, when I go in a listing appointment, I let them know flat out, open house probably isn't going to sell your house, right? Like we do yeah. want to show that we're motivated. So I always do an open house when we list it. And if we do a price drop, otherwise I'm not going to keep kicking you out of your house through an open house. And I have them initial it at the bottom. And she was like, well, why aren't you here doing an open house? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, remember that sheet like, from our initial conversation that we spoke about? I mean, all this stuff protects you, shows you're professional um, and keeps your people in line. So if you're ever at a point in a transaction where they're asking a lot of questions, you might want to turn around and ask yourself, like, did I not do a good job of setting the expectations? Because I feel like if you set them, you're not going to run into a lot of those headaches later. 
Yeah, it's so, gosh, it's so important. And having people sign off on the expectations is is a great idea because, and again, it's not to rub it in their face when they oh, need something and you're yeah. like, it's outside of it. And I'm just not going to do it. It's right. more about just reminding them, you know, here's what I do. Here's what I can do. I don't want to disappoint you. And right. so I want to make sure that you understand this is what I'm capable of doing. Um, and and, he and here's- that on your listing appointment, they're going to be so impressed with you're not even to cut you so off. Impressed. So impressed. So impressed. You have a plan. You have a plan. And also you're dispelling myths. You're saying, here's yeah. the deal with open houses. Really what they're great for is for me to get more leads, to sell more <laughs> homes to people. And maybe we'd get lucky and somebody might buy this property. Actually just it, say that it shows that it motivates you as a seller because then you can still do them and they don't seem off <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was I was saying it in a way that you shouldn't say it. But but the point is is you should be explaining to people, hey, if you're meeting with other agents and they're promising, you know, they're going to do an open house every Sunday, that's great and I respect that. But the reality of it is is there's probably a less than 1% chance that we're going to sell a home that your home that way. Um we do want to show the community that we're we're engaged like you were saying. We want to we want to do these, but we want to make sure the expectation is set correctly. I love and uh I love it. I love it. I, it, it just, you have processes for everything yeah. and I could see, do, do you anticipate in the future, like building a team? I could see you doing that. I don't know if that's what you want to do or not, but, um, I'm just curious Honestly, what's next I for think you. Maybe one, I'd love to just write a book on how to motivate people. I think coming from my adoption, um, we all come from different experiences, um, either write a book or do some mentoring. I just, I love that sincerely. Yeah. And it really well, does align with what I went to school for. Like I'm not helping people with their hearts. I'm helping them with their homes. So I do have that sense of altruism, right? Naturally. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, just being sincere. And I, and I, I didn't really get into, to giving back until maybe 15 years ago in my life. And I'm just curious, this is not a real estate necessarily related question, sure. but I, I can honestly say that that was a significant shift for me was realizing how much joy I would receive Doesn't from it feel so good. It feels so good. It is the surest way to increase that I found to increase one's self-esteem yeah. um, by just going, you know, I'm not going to make it about me right now for the next hour. I'm going to go help X, or I'm going to go serve on this committee or, you know, whatever it might be. And so even if it doesn't give you business because in my, in my instance, all the things I'm with have nothing to do with right, real estate. Right. So, so they don't help, you know, my business. Um, but boy, they help, they make me feel good about myself. And, and if nothing else that is worth doing, even yes, helping other people is really the, the goal, but you are going to feel so incredibly good and odds are it probably will help your business. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You're totally right. Well, Kirsten, Kirsten, this was an awesome conversation. I know how busy you are. So I want everybody to check out Kirsten's website. And by the way, reach out to Kirsten. Tell yes, her uh, she is so nice and sweet and, and generous. Um, but visit her website, which is sellwithk.com. It's a great brand, by the way. I, I was Thank telling you. Kirsten ahead of time. Um, what a great brand. I love that. Sell with K. That's an easy. No uh, one can nice pronounce my first name. And for anyone wondering, yes, it's here like beer. So yeah, definitely Kirsten, visit yeah. it. And if I can help you in any way, send me an inquiry and I'd love to connect. And by the way, you know, she has lots of clients that are 
that retire and move away. And so, you know, if you wanted to, you know, work with her on some of those referrals, she's not licensed in every state. So that's another great reason to reach (laughs) out. Thanks for the plug in. Yeah. I I actually send a lot of referrals out, especially having State Farm here too and referrals coming in. So yeah, I'd love to collaborate and pay a referral fee as well. And I apologize towards the beginning when I got lost in my words and translation, it was like dragging the um, recycling bin. And it was really loud and slamming. <laughs> like, awesome. Awesome. Well, I apologize about that towards the beginning. No, nothing, nothing to apologize for. You did great. Um, and we we are just so thrilled to have you on our show. And we'll love to have you back in the oh, future as please. well. I'd love to do this again. So much fun. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, you're so welcome. So on behalf of our audience, we want to thank Kirsten for being just an amazing younger agent. Although you, it's so funny, you don't seem young in the way you're presenting yourself, which is even more impressive uh, because just how incredibly professional you are. So really, really impressed with with her. Everyone should be following Kirsten. Check her out at sellwithk.com. And by the way, if you live in the Bloomington normal area, central Illinois, essentially, and if you are looking to work with one of the top realtors in the area, I know that's who I would choose. So, you you know, for, for everyone out there who might be listening, who's looking for an agent, reach out to Kirsten. She'd love the opportunity to earn your business. Um, And on behalf of Kirsten and myself, we want to say thank you to our audience because you guys are the reason we can keep doing these shows. So thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen. And the best way that everyone listening can help support us is to tell a friend, think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing this great conversation with Kirsten, send them a link to our, our podcast. Um, the best way to do that, just send them to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Or if they're already a podcast kind of person, then just have them pull up a podcast app on their phone uh, and search for keeping it real and hit the subscribe button. And oh, and one last thing, if you are listening uh, on iTunes or Spotify or, or Pandora or, or any of the other places you might be listening to this podcast, leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show that helps us improve and also tells us what you like. So anyway, Kirsten, thank you so much. We are honored to have you. Um, I love talking to young uh, superstar agents because you just, you're so, you guys are so full of energy and you're just crushing it. And you know, uh, your mission about wanting the public to see professional, uh, responsible realtors is obviously coming true for you. And I love that. So keep up the great work. And Kirsten uh, is going to keep also volunteering and possibly even wanting to be in leadership for the state of Illinois uh, with oh realtor stuff. <laughs> so we are excited to watch and your uh, continued growth there. So thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. Have a blessed new year, everyone. Oh,